What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Excelsior. As always, I'm your host, Jordan Wasserberger. Uh, today, we're going to be talking about What If, Marvel's latest Disney Plus show. The one that talks about the multiverse and all that. It's going to be great. Joined, as always, by Alexei Lee, our VP. Hello. Hello. Uh, newcomer, Patrick Steinbach. Hello. Happy to be here. And Oliver Guy. Oh. All right. So, What If is definitely one of the weirder shows that Marvel's put out. Uh, I think let's just go episode by episode, give our quick thoughts, and we can say what we think of the show as a whole, its implications for the future of the MCU, if it's indeed canon, things like that. So starting it off, Captain Carter. Let's do quick thoughts. Patrick? I think that it was a nice exploration of an alternate version, basically, of the first Avenger. Uh, I thought that it tried to do too much in too little time. If they made it a little bit longer, I think less moments would have felt rushed because they were trying to cram a two-hour feature film into half an hour. Um, but at the same time, I still really enjoyed it because you got to see the ripple effects of just one small decision for the first time. Yeah, Alexa? Yeah, um, I would say out of all the episodes, it's definitely one of the middle-tier episodes. Um I'm glad they didn't sort of throw us into something right away. It was more of a nice ease into what if, and I liked how it ramped up. Um, though I do think that it was a little crammed, like Patrick mm -hmm. said. Oliver? Uh, I definitely think that it was a very good start to the season, the way that they explained it, how Peggy, whether she was up on the balcony or down below, really made such a big effect, such a small change. I just feel like... Uh, the way that Steve sort of took the place of, of Bucky maybe in the prototype like Iron Man C with the Tesseract. I feel like, once again, everything was very rushed. Like, they got the Tesseract really quickly, and I feel like just the portal to, like, the that tentacle monster was just kind of, like, forced in and didn't really fit in with the episode as well. Yeah, I think for me, when they first pitched What If, I kind of thought it was going to be, okay, we're going to go movie by movie, one thing's going to change, and we're going to see how that affects the rest of the MCU which I think actually would have been a better show than what they did. With Captain Carter, I think the only two episodes or three episodes that we actually got to see that was Captain Carter-ish, uh, T'Challa as Star-Lord, and then the Doctor Strange one. Everything else just felt sort of like some Marvel writers wanted to see what would happen if this happened, but it wasn't really what they pitched uh, to everyone. I think with Captain Carter, it was really good up until they brought in the weird tentacle monster, right? Yeah. And, and it sort of just made no sense. I thought, like, I, I was of the minds that, okay, once Steve uh, fell off the train or, or got captured, we, it was going to jump to Winter Soldier, and we'd see Steve as the Winter Soldier and Peggy as Cap, and that would then jump to Civil War and jump to Infinity War and jump to Endgame. And so each episode would essentially be, like, five minutes per movie um, talking about what would happen, or maybe 20 minutes with the original and then five minutes for every movie after talking about what if this happened. Uh, and so I think for me, like, I didn't love Captain Carter just because it was such a jarring departure from what I thought and then realized wanted the show to be. Um, but luckily, the second episode, I think, was unequivocally much better, right? With the Child of Star-Lord Star yeah, one? That yeah, was, does it, everyone agree on that? It's a good yeah. episode. Yeah, well, that was nice. I mean, seeing, obviously, it was a beautiful ode uh, to Chadwick Boseman, uh, seeing kind of what would happen if, you know, we had a competent Star-Lord as opposed to... Uh, Peter Quill was was definitely nice. Um, I thought the Thanos thing was a little weird. Am I the only I'm one gonna be honest. Uh, I appreciated that they went all out for it. I think what I liked most about this episode was it felt so. It was such a obviously drawing departure from Guardians of the Galaxy, Black Panther, but it was still really true to uh, T'Challa's character yeah. because he's always been 
somebody who wants to bring out the best in others and make them um, a as good as they can be. So to see him do that with the Ravagers, and even I, I was willing to buy it with Thanos, obviously it would never happen, <laughs> but it's an animated show that was just being wacky, so yeah. I, I was able to let it be that, and I really appreciated it. You know, yeah. it, was, it was really nice seeing uh, kind of his ripple effect. Yeah, Alexa? I, it's still really interesting because we still do have that little bit where um, Peter Quill is still Ego's son. And yeah. we see that. And it's kind of strange because Peter is literally a nobody. He's just some fast Dairy Queen. Worker. Yeah, he's yeah. Bathroom is Dairy Queen. Yeah, he, um, and so like it was so strange to see and also felt so weird that Thanos was a part of his crew. Um, but otherwise, it was a really good episode. Like, yeah, yeah, it was really yeah. nice. I was definitely, definitely a fan of that. Um, yeah, no, I thought it was definitely really interesting seeing especially how T'Challa shapes the team and things like that. Um, I'll say, the, the thing that kind of got me with that episode was just how easy they kind of made it. I get it, you know, you want to hype up Chadwick Boseman, and it 100% makes sense, fine. Um, but it just sort of fell flat a little. Like, I would have loved to see, again, same thing as Captain Carter, right? Okay. How does T'Challa deal with, like, losing... Let's say they'd skipped Infinity War, we'd seen uh, Thanos kill, like, Shuri or something, yeah. right? That would have been cool, right, how T'Challa deals with that. Um, but I, don't know, I, don't know. I, I just, I liked it. It was definitely a nice, a nice episode. Um, Oliver, you want to say anything on T'Challa Star-Lord? Uh, yeah, I definitely feel like you can see elements throughout Black Panther of how he really wants to help the world and be a good person. And it's very interesting how seeing that him growing up with the Ravengers really kind of affected his story and how he really produced that, like, good towards the universe. I feel like the heist towards the end was, like... That was cool. That yeah, was a very, was very cool heist. Cool. I thought that was really nice how, like, you know, with the twists and that was all part of the thing. And I think there was definitely some good chemistry between Nebula and Star-Lord. Mm -hmm. I feel like that was definitely a really cool part of it. And then, obviously, just seeing Nowhere is always a very cool location. And well, I'll say, it, it really did feel like comic book Star-Lord. Like, very classic, like, you know, yeah. funny, nice, uh, chill Star-Lord just kind of doing his thing and, and seeing uh, what happens. By contrast, episode three was was not great. Wow. What else do? I disagree. Really? That was not my favorite episode. Okay, I'm not, I'm not going to agree with this one. <laughs> right, so I, I, I I, I'll say, I, when I they said, great. you know, what happens if... Because uh, I thought it was, and which was, was, what was if the Avengers die before Avengers 1? Okay, cool. And I liked the, you know, the little murder mystery. That was fine. Um, it, it seemed interesting from the beginning. But then you had uh, the killer, spoilers ahead, but I mean, anyone listening should have already seen this. Then you had the killer be what? Hank Pym? It, it just came so completely out of nowhere when up till that point, everything in What If was at least based on something existing in the original movie. I disagree with uh, the basic notion, A, that Hank Pym was out of nowhere when the whole episode was building to that. But And I'll get to this when we finish running through the episodes and um, and talk about the show as a whole. But I thought that what they did with the What If concept here was so different from how they did it in the other episodes because you didn't know what the what if was. That's true. Until the very end where it ended up being what if Hope Van Dyne had joined S.H.I.E.L.D., right? Because she ended up dying sure. and that turned him bitter. And I just appreciated how it didn't actually, it didn't give you the information straight at the beginning. It didn't have the watcher say, in this universe, Hope Van Dyne joined S.H.I.E.L.D. And died. It, <laughs> it let you unravel it yourself and I... I had a good time unraveling it, whether you did or not is 
going to determine your enjoyment of it. Yeah, I, no, I, I think for me, I was... I was trying to unravel it. Uh, sorry, our photographer just climbed over like three people's heads to get to where she is. Uh, our, I know, I enjoyed unraveling it, but it just, where it got to just wasn't gr satisfying, at least for me. Uh, the Nick Fury fight where he slaps Hank Pym out of the air, like that was pretty cool, I'm not gonna lie, I enjoyed that. But once, like, the Hank Pym reveal for me was just fine. Like, it was. A very mid episode. Yeah, I feel like they maybe could have given maybe one or two, maybe very subtle that maybe like not you'd think of it immediately, but if looking back, you could definitely see it. Maybe hints to that it was yeah. some sort of like you know Ant Man type thing. Uh, but I definitely thought it was very cool the scene in the graveyard and how they used Loki there and how you know I just thought that fight scene was very very cool. How Loki kind of knew what what Ping was going to do and made a many versions of himself and I just felt like they thought that they used Loki in a very creative way that fight and I feel like the mystery going up with like Black Widow trying to figure out what was going on and then to the way everyone died like including the way Hulk died I thought was very interesting how yeah. he, his heart was enlarged causing him to like literally overinflate. Well, so I'll, I'll give the episode credit that instead of just killing the Avengers randomly, they killed them in each of the movies that directly led up to them joining the Avengers. Yeah. I thought that was a really cool touch. And I want to talk about um, also the way that this episode worked in the timeline because it's been yeah. long known that uh, Thor, uh, Thor, the Incredible Hulk, and Iron Man 2 all happened over the same week. Yeah. And... It's a it's a coincidence of these timelines in a way that uh, hadn't it, it hadn't played out before, and I, I really appreciated that they finally put this to the screen. Yeah, no, I thought it was definitely a nice way to acknowledge what we kind of had all assumed was canon, um, and actually have it play out, like you said. Yeah, it looks like. I mean, we already know that Jordan has some weird and wacky ideas in his head. I mean, he is the one who doesn't like Captain America. I do like. Yeah. I, I've never said I don't like Captain America. I just prefer Sam Wilson as Cap to Steve I mean, Rogers. Everybody thinks you're weird, but anyway, um, what I was gonna say is, it was. I thought it was a very well done episode. I was entertained and like it was one of the few episodes I was like, okay, wow, what is happening here? All the way until the end, and I thought it was mastered beautifully and it made sense. Like some of these episodes, and we'll get to it. Like the zombie episode, did not make that much sense yeah i mean yeah, and, one was yeah. A, there was not much there was not there was not much point to those episodes and this was one of the few episodes that was mastered beautifully and i think that for me at least it was one of the oh maybe i would say top three top or it was definitely in the upper echelon of the episodes top three top I mean, three we'll, we'll, i we'll, might agree with him we'll, 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 we'll rank, rank them we'll, we'll, we'll rank yeah. them yeah oh uh, interesting all right yeah well Moving on from, from, from Hank Pym to, in my opinion, the best of what? The if. best. Doctor Strange I, going It's unequivocally the best. I mean, that was just incredible. Every second of that episode. First off, in my opinion, it's the only episode that actually showed the full consequences of the what if. I like the way you put that, right? Each episode like, has a, um, you know, unhidden what if. I really like that. Yeah. Doctor Strange's what if is what if. What's her name? Doctor Perlman? Palman? Palmer. Palmer. Thank you. What if she died? And it sends him spiraling. He becomes evil Doctor Strange. He destroys all life in the universe. And I wouldn't say evil. What I, yeah. Not evil. Okay, okay. Um, twisted Doctor Strange. Yeah. yeah. What I thought was so great about this one, and it came into play later in episodes eight and nine, is that this Doctor Strange, was he was still trying to be a hero. He yeah. was doing this 
out of love, out of good intentions. He And you saw that at the end of the episode when he realizes the effect he's actually having on the universe and he's, yeah. he's in dismay. Well, that, that shot of him like using his, trying to resist uh, the caving in of like whatever that, I mean, of, 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 of all life, yeah. that was, I thought that was beautifully done. Totally spoke to who uh, Stephen Strange is. Uh, which makes what which makes by by contrast what makes what's going to happen in No Way Home and Multiverse of Madness so much more interesting because now that we've seen Strange taken to his most extreme, like what they're promising even more from that uh, in the next two movies. So I, I loved every minute of that episode. That was beautifully done uh, and definitely got me excited for for what's to come with Strange, especially if it's now rumored that Doctor Strange Supreme and Doctor Strange will meet in Multiverse of Madness. Oh my god. Yeah, which would be, be which so, would be nuts. So cool. uh, that'd Very be expensive scene though. Yeah. Uh, Alexei Oliver, what do you guys think? I mean, that was the episode that made me I I was close to tears. That was beautiful. Close to tears. <laughs> it was beautiful. I don't know what to say. That was hundred percent the best episode of the entire yeah. series. Um I mean it's and it, I really oppose the idea that you said evil, and I, I think you agree. He's, uh, he's not evil. Yeah, I, I he's definitely not evil. He's not evil. It's, not evil. It, it shows, like, the extreme. Yeah, it's strange supreme. Yeah. And I, I definitely think that, also, like we said, the end, how very good it was. I like the ink sort of, like, peeling off the universe. Yeah, it yeah, it was a nice, how, like, nice visual effect. Yeah, just kind of show how, like, the universe was almost melting away. I definitely think that the whole point of him thinking he's doing the right thing Definitely, like, I know he's maybe not evil, but it's a very good antagonist thing for them to think that they're doing the right thing and not realize everything that's going on around them. Yeah, I mean, it reminds me a lot of what we assume Scarlet Witch is going to be like in Multiverse of Madness. Like, I can totally see her in her quest to get uh, Tommy and Billy destroying everything. Yeah. yeah. Right, and, and if anyone has seen that fan-made Doctor Strange and Multiverse of Madness trailer, like, that's a, that seems like a lot of our thoughts have concentrated on her doing what she believes is right for her family and just messing everything up. And n- exactly, not seeing it. I also think that uh, the episode is very well done in how in the increase of the more you see the Watcher throughout the Yeah, that episodes, was a really nice touch. How, like, here was the first time he technically interacted or interfered with the universe. Yeah, and, definitely. And that, and how, like, you saw mo- more of his body form and that even Doctor Strange sensed him and mm-hmm. could turn around and was like, who's there? Well, I think, I think that spoke 100% just to how powerful Strange became. I mean, we obviously know that eventually uh, they will encounter the Watcher and they'll start talking to him and he obviously interacts with all of the what-if multiverse guardians at the end of the show. But just seeing Doctor Strange be able to sense and communicate with this being that we assume was just beyond everyone's comprehension uh, really just put the nail on the coffin that he is the most powerful person in the MCU yeah. at that point. Yeah. Um, yeah. Skipping from the best episode of the show, uh, Marvel then slammed us with the worst episode of the show, uh, in my opinion, which would be Marvel's Zombies. I don't Marvel think anybody Zombies. disagrees. Uh, I, I don't think it's the worst. I think it's the second worst, though. Yeah. Which one is the worst? I think the Party Thor is the worst, well, but we'll get to we'll that. Um, but yeah, Marvel Zombies, where everyone is inexplicably a zombie, but despite being a zombie, somehow still remembers how to, you know, use an Iron Man suit or do complex magic that requires, what is it, decades of training? Um, yeah. Somehow dying and getting their brain rotted away didn't affect that at all, which was interesting to to say the least. Uh, I have my biggest issue with this is just a there was like I'm I actually was fine with the whole no context thing like okay 
this is a storyline of Marvel Comics. I can buy that a zombie sure, plague yeah. comes and infects everyone. Whatever. That's not my issue. My issue is it ends so well. Like, like you, you add the ending that when they're flying to Wakanda and you see Thanos, zombie Thanos somehow, uh, with the full gauntlet. I was like, all right, great. Let's see it. Let's see how this affects everything. Right? What's going to happen next with an unbridled, unchained Thanos? And then it just ends. We yes. don't get to see any of the resolution from the entire episode. Yeah. Uh, and that for me was just like, all right, this, what was the point? I just wasted 30 minutes. I would say that's the biggest issue with the episode. There was no point to it. Yeah. Every like, other what if. The end, even, there was even, not really a what if. It was more of like a who cares. Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, I mean, the whole episode, well, I already had this whole weird thing of how Thanos could have gotten infected. Well, I don't understand how that happened. Yeah, and... It, and and not like a Hope Van Dyke or a Peter, uh, Peter Parker. I mean, if we go back to Endgame or Infinity War, for him to bleed, they had to throw like a planet at him. Well, Tony used every single thing in his arsenal. He, yeah, so. I mean, like for him to break his skin and get infected, I don't even know how that happened. But that's besides the point. The whole episode was just, it was well built. It's just the plot of the episode is what really failed it. I, I yeah. don't think it's worth getting caught up in the logic of stuff like that. I'm The reason this is so low on the list for me is I'm just not a big zombie story fan in general. Um, mm -hmm. But I don't have it at my last spot because, once again, I really appreciated how they handled the timeline with uh, Ant-Man and the Wasp is going on at the same time as Infinity War. So something that happens in Ant-Man and the Wasp in the, what's it called, the Quantum Realm? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, could have an effect on Infinity War before it even happens. And yeah, I, do, I do think Marvel's continuity department deserves a round of applause. They did a really good job when making these episodes of, while balancing wacky things like zombie everyone, also keeping it still in-universe uh, with continuity and all that. I thought that was a really nice touch. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that, that would be my positive with the episode. But again, it's still second to last on my list. I'm just not a huge fan of these kinds of stories. Yeah, yeah I mean, my favorite show of all time is The Walking Dead. Um, but sure. Uh, next up, was That's episode six? Was episode six Party Thor? No, no, episode six Party is uh, Killmonger, right? Thank you. Yes, yes. Uh, Killmonger. Marvel seems to have an addiction to killing Tony Stark. I mean, he died four times in one show, uh, which sucked to see. Yeah. Uh, I but I thought the Killmonger <laughs> episode was actually decent-ish. It was just similar to the uh, to the. Marvel Zombies one, it felt like a who cares versus a what if. Like, okay, so Killmonger gets Tony, kills Tony, nothing happens, and then has this whole thing with Wakanda, but nothing actually happens, and it ends with Liz. Doesn't it literally end with him, like, riding off into the sunset or something? No, no. it actually... I'll get to the ending. I'll get to the ending. With I Zuri making an alliance with Pepper. Yeah. Yeah, oh, I yeah, thought... Okay. Right, right. I thought that, for me, the problem with this one was when you're telling it from Killmonger's point of view... And we know who Killmonger is. We know that he's bad. And he's just slowly killing everyone around him, and they have no idea that he's a bad guy. It kind of made it hard to root for any particular character because yeah. you know that he's just going to uh, pull the wool over their eyes. But I'd say my biggest problem was the ending because this is a story that if you added five more minutes, it, you could have finished this ending. 100%. It didn't feel like a, a Thanos, like the other cliffhangers that they had with Captain Carter or with uh, Thanos Zombie, where there's a story to tell there that could last a long while, 
this is literally Pepper and Cherie have banded together. They're going off to the final fight, and then it cuts. Yeah. Yeah. And then in the finale, too, it just, like, there wasn't anything of it. It just, you know, you just took Killmonger out. I mean, we'll get to that later. Yeah, but... yeah, the whole episode just felt sort of like they wanted to make the Killmonger episode, and this is the best they could do. When, by the way, again, you could have done a great Killmonger episode, which is so simple. What if he beat Black Panther and became the king of Wakanda? That's all you did. That yeah, that and that would have been, been absolutely phenomenal. To see him take over the, the world and then maybe even expand that. Yeah, but they, they could have done such a good job. Um, yeah, I thought it was like, it was fine. It was just, it wasn't terrible. It wasn't like, I want to stop watching this. It was fine. I'm, I'm going to be honest, though. I think I completely disagree. I thought it was a great episode. Really? I thought that the, the way he put himself in the position of power on both sides and the way he manipulated both sides... Um, I, once again, I thought, though, if they give it five more minutes, it really could have finished. Yeah. But I just thought the way, like, like he killed Black Panther, he killed Tony Stark, and then tried to f- and framed it on the other side, I thought he was in, like, a very good position of power there. And how he earned back the trust of Wakanda, Wakanda and how he, like, essentially initiated this whole fight just to earn the trust of Wakanda. And then maybe if they gave it more time, he could have done what he wanted to do in Black Panther and then supplied the world with... Uh, yeah, well, okay, that's true, but to be fair, Marvel's usually done a good job of making their characters not idiots. I, at a certain point, once we've had, like, five different conflicts and everyone's died except for Killmonger, I feel like someone would have been like, yo, someone's up with this dude. Like, there's, there's something here. I mean, in not. the end, I mean... Sure, yeah, sure he figures it out. No, though. Pepper also had her doubts the whole time. But she doesn't do anything with it. Like, well, that's it, the thing. It's Pepper. What is she going to do? Yeah, I don't she think she, she had much of, reason to do something guess, with yeah, it. She, she, I just get back to my, it gets back to my overall criticism, which just it felt like this was just the Killmonger episode because they wanted to do a Killmonger episode. Mm-hmm. Um, after Killmonger, however, was is that Party Thor? Yes, this yeah, is Patrick. So I I actually like Party Thor. I enjoyed. It. I want to hear you go first because I actually enjoyed Party Thor. This episode was a steaming pile of dirt. <laughs> I, I could not agree more. That's, I could not agree more. Right? This was a American high school party episode where they didn't do. Anything interesting with the characters, Thor was unlikable. The only likable character in the whole episode was Jane Foster. They had a wedding between Darcy and a duck. <laughs> a literal wedding. Um, all of the characters, they're trying to claim that Thor is like killing planets because he's partying too much. And the best imagery that they could come up with, the stuff to make you go, oh, that's kind of cool for fleeting moments, was like, what's his name? Surtur is trying to flirt with the yeah. Statue of Liberty. Yeah. They're using yeah. the Mississippi or whatever it's called, arch, uh, as a slingshot. Yeah. And yeah. and those are, they are fleeting moments of like, oh, nice. Okay, cool. and, and Jotunheim Loki. Jotunheim yeah. Loki was pretty cool. But that was pretty cool. I, I have to admit that. But it just stuck to every trope of the American party genre. And it's not a particularly interesting genre. It's just, oh, gotta get everything cleaned up before mom comes home. Yeah, I yeah. feel like there yeah. just wasn't like really much too special about it. I do, I do like though how even though like it, I, I like how Loki and Thor interacted, being from like different uh, planets and everything. I thought it was very cool how like he says you're my brother from another mother, mm-hmm. and I thought that's like a very interesting relationship. But then it's also like, how is this party Thor really coming from the whole Loki is not you know, Thor's brother anymore. I feel like... Well, that was the point. It was, what if Thor never grew up? He never had that influence to make him worthy of Mjolnir. Yeah, he was also... He well, was he never was driven for, for the throne. Right, I mean, exactly. He used to be competing with Loki. Well, yeah, he used to be com- competing and very driven to it, but I just feel like 
the episode didn't offer much more, and then po possibly the stupidest part of the episode, even more than uh, than the the whole duck thing, is that they called Captain Marvel for a large. Party. Oh no, I like that. I actually, I actually really, I'll say, I actually really like that. So you're uh, telling me that through they didn't call her for Age of Ultron. They didn't. This call is before all that. For, this is in 2011. I, I know, but I'm saying in our you know the other universe. They didn't call Captain Marvel for what happened with Age of Ultron. They didn't call because there was no one to stop Thor. In this that, that's a separate criticism. We, we'll talk. When we, Captain Marvel is a whole separate criticism of that movie, which I was not a fan of. I thought with this though, it made sense that they called her. She's the only option they had because Thor was had essentially taken over the entire world at that point. There are no Avengers, and there was nothing anyone could do. Uh, I actually enjoyed the episode. I don't think it wasn't like Doctor Strange. It wasn't you know jaw dropping like oh my god, this is incredible. Um, but it was fun. Like, I just had fun watching it. I enjoyed my 20 minutes or 30 minutes, however long it is. And I, as someone who's not a Captain Marvel fan, I actually enjoyed uh, the her in the episode and the fight between her and Thor. I thought it was just well done. And it was a fun thing. And it was a nice little break before we have the two-part finale, which was obviously much more intense and much more uh, important for the future of the MCU. But yeah, I just, like, I had fun. And uh, to your point, Patrick, you know, a lot of things were a little ridiculous, um, but it was just a fun episode for the sake of having fun. I think Marvel's allowed to do that every once in a while. I didn't think the problem was that they were ridiculous. I thought that it felt very gimmicky the way that sure. they were ridiculous. Like when Because Th Thanos joining the Ravagers is ridiculous. But it plays out throughout the episode. It's something that they come back to and actually explore a character arc between him and Nebula with. Yeah. Which is why I was able to get behind the wackiness of it. Whereas with this, all of the moments that I described are literally just that. They're moments. That's true. And they didn't play any larger part, and so I was just like, that's kind of a cheap that's cheap fair. gimmick. That's to me, it, was, um, it wasn't a bad episode, but for me, it was, again, like, the who cares? It, there was yeah. no point to it. It was, as Patrick said, it was. It did feel gimmicky. Um, and it was funny, though. Um, the only issue is, like, it didn't really make sense. Also, have. I don't, I don't understand how he's worthy of Mjolnir. With that, Love, that was yeah. what, no, 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 you that forget was like, in, in the MCU, Mjolnir didn't have Odin's. The only reason why Odin oh, right, was because of Thor is because right. Thor won. That's right. So there, right. Mjolnir could be could have been held by anybody. That's right. You're right. Yeah. Um, the only issue I had with the episode is, or I guess with the finale is, why is this Thor, the one of the, the better Thors? Yeah, that, I think we can get to that in the. Yeah, I mean, we'll get to the finale now. We'll treat both parts yeah. as, uh, as, as one thing. Um, so the finale, two-part episode. You have the Watcher Ultron fight, which I thought was nuts. Like, yeah, maybe that, was cool. well, that, that entire was Ultron episode, cool. we can just link into the finale. I thought the Ultron episode was cool because of what it set up, right? Yeah. Like the Ultron episode, it was just fun. Um, nice seeing what would happen if Ultron won. It was cool because we got to see the finale. The finale, then you have. The well, it's not that Ultron won. It was that he got the. Um, the vibranium body, and which what? was vision. Yeah, and, and, and then it was, was uh, right. Um, yeah. I thought, yeah, I mean, obviously the second half of the episode is, you know, once Ultron has the body, him and the Watcher. Their whole fight, I thought, was incredible. I mean, seeing the Watcher on full display, punching him through realities. He punched him into Star Wars. That was nuts. Yeah. Like, that, that was, I, I freaked out at that. That was really cool. Yeah, so got Disney cool. essentially uh, merged Star Wars and Marvel into one universe. Was, was Not really one cool. universe, one multiverse. Okay, one multiverse. Jesus. It was, it was a nice thing. It was a nice touch. It was a cool Easter egg. Um, it would have been cool to see two people fighting with lightsabers, but it was, it was fun. Um, yeah, that entire thing, like seeing a character completely break every law that we had known for 22 movies, 
uh, and Ultron achieving whatever. I thought it was awesome. I loved uh, the Wantron Ultron. We'll get to the real finale in a second, but first, you guys want to add on? Yeah, I I mean, if we're treating them as a two-part, I actually disagree. I really, I thought that Episode 8, I liked both. I, I thought that Episode 8 was significantly better than Episode 9. It was almost actually tied for me with the Doctor Strange episode. I agree with that. I agree with that. Um, I thought that it was such an interesting exploration of just how powerful what Tony created was, where, you know, that moment where Thanos comes up and he literally defeats, he he slices him in half in a second. It's not, it's a fleeting thought. And then he just realizes uh, the power of the Infinity Stones. Um, And obviously the way the Watcher played in with the moment where he realizes that Ultron can see him. Yeah. I thought that was one of the one of the coolest of the show. 100%. But my favorite part of the episode was how clever it was to have the Zola cuz yeah. there's the there's the whole like you forget with all the Ultron stuff that Black Widow and Hawkeye are a part of this <laughs> the whole time. Uh and the whole thing about Ultron, he knows everything that's going on. He knows all these other AI, but there's this analog AI that's still running on tech from the 60s and you can debate the logic of uploading that into a usb but um i i thought it was really clever to play zola in like that and black widow would know about it yeah i thought that was really clever yeah. nice callback yeah i thought it was i thought it was great uh the finale i agree with you i think the episode it was a lot better than the finale it, it was cool seeing everyone like the entire fight scene where doctor there was strange definitely plot armor in the oh i mean doctor strange literally creates plot, plot armor like i mean but he is Supreme. Yeah. So like No, I, I like that. I agree. I don't get the people that the Watcher brings mm-hmm. in. First off, I hate the fact that they cut the Gamora episode but then still kept her in the finale. Yeah. And I would have loved to see Gamora and Stark uh doing whatever. That would have been sick. But it said to me in season two, so that would be exciting. Um yeah, I thought the finale was just it was similar to Party Thor. It was fun, but it actually had a purpose. I mean, we now have we don't have a multiversal Avengers, but the Watcher's gonna presumably be in Doctor Strange too, if not in No Way Home. Uh, Ultron and Killmonger. I don't think we're gonna leave that forever. Like I, I, that could, if we, if uh, Doctor Strange, real Doctor Strange, ends up encountering Strange Supreme, we could see something with that. But yeah, I thought it was fun. Like it was just, I liked the finale. It felt like an actual climax for the show. It was something that the show was really missing, where I genuinely cared what happened uh, at the end of it, because we knew it was gonna have an impact somewhere. I agree. I think that obviously it's a problem that. It makes no sense for the Watcher to bring these characters together. But, I mean, my biggest problem with this, I, I thought the action was fine. I, I enjoyed it all well enough where it was a satisfying finale. Mm-hmm. My biggest problem is they're breaking their own rules with these Infinity Stones too much. At this yeah, point. I agree with yeah. that. I, they, they, we need to get away from them. They're being, they're being too loose on when they work, when yeah. they don't work, and when you can affect them. Because, you know, the Infinity Crusher can't hurt them in this universe, but yet they still work. And they don't work in the TVA, which which I which I can buy because the TVA is out of time. But this is just this isn't out of time. It's just in an alternate setting. No, but the TVA did say though that the Infinity Stones don't work outside of their own timeline. So, does that mean that they're not treating timelines and multiverses the same? But they have they can't be different. That's insane. That's what doesn't make sense. That'd be impossible. So, but they said the stones don't work outside their timeline with the desk for all them. So then why would they? Why would Ultron then be able to travel to another one and have? Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, so they're breaking their logic. Well, also, I feel like having two time stones in the same place would have done something. 
right? Because Strange Supreme has the time stone, and yeah. Ultron has the other. I thought that like I agree mm-hmm. actually. I, thought, I didn't even think about it when I was watching it, but yeah, that should have created all sorts of problems, or just shouldn't have worked. Yeah, I, I'm also at this point. I, I was able to get past it with Avengers: Infinity War and Endgame, but I'm kind of bored at how easily the Infinity Stones could just end a fight, and then yeah. they don't. Because, well, I mean, because Strange literally eats. <laughs> Dude, he eats the soul stone. Like, why? That was pretty sick. I'm not really I, I appreciate that. What? That was pretty sick. Um, but no, yeah, I agree. That definitely is a problem. The other thing, somebody brought, actually, Wagner, our editor, brought this up to me. And I want to get to it quickly before we rank uh, all the episodes. Why didn't the TVA intervene in What If? Why didn't they show up? My theory is the, TV, the, the TVA exists in one reality. So you have, I did this with a bunch of chips earlier, like a bottle cap and some chips. It was a great analogy. Um, but you said, you said, thank you, Lucas. He saw it. Uh, Lucas is our in, in-house uh, studio audience for the day. Um, you essentially have one TVA, and around it, you, you have the sacred timeline of that universe. Once something breaks off and the TVA can no longer cut that branch, the TVA cannot affect anything in that universe. So in what if, these are all past the point of pruning, where the TVA can't do anything, and the Watcher is kind of the fail-safe uh, just to make sure everything still happens and doesn't destroy every other universe. That's why we, the TVA doesn't show up. That's his purpose. No, the TVA didn't show up because this isn't Loki. That's their explanation. Also, the, the Watcher's no. purpose is just to record and watch. Right, but, and, and, as, but, and as we saw... No, no, I mean, that is his... He's supposed to... Yeah. He's got the dash cam. Though. He's got the dash cam. <laughs> uh, but uh, that's why I said the TVA can only affect what's in their reality once it's before the point of uh, no return. That's what I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Oliver? Yeah, I also think the one thing that I was really hoping for when I went to the episode that I didn't get is them, there being multiple watchers like there were in the comics and maybe seeing that there was some sort of, you know... Uh, well, we, we do see multiple watchers in Guardians too. The end credits scene with Stan, or Stan yeah. Lee's scene it has multiple watchers in it. Yeah. I mean, this... I mean, he is the watcher on Earth. That's why we only see one. But I guess we do go off Earth for... Guardians, yeah, episode. maybe it's like yep. to the galaxy or something. Yeah, but no, I, no, I'm I mean, sure they have. Something. It's weird. <laughs> there something there should be out. multiple, but I would have liked to have seen the consequence for him inter- for the Watcher interfering. Well, that's why. That's like, why I do think. I mean, there's so much of this. That, well, he would again. He would have gotten kicked out of the Watchers. I mean, we didn't see but there, there's so much of what if that seems to play perfectly into Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. Doctor Strange Supreme, this being a multiverse, um, the Watcher breaking his oath. I feel like we're obviously going to see this again at some point. I mean, I think Captain Carter is already confirmed to be Multiverse of Madness. So I'd be su- I'd be surprised and disappointed if Marvel didn't touch on these things at least a little bit over the next uh, few years. Obviously, Multiverse of Madness just got a big delay today, which sucks, but uh, we'll see what happens in that. All right, let's give our rankings for each episode. Sorry, ranking rank each episode, and then let's uh, do our rankings for the overall show. Sound good? Okay, Patrick. Do, do you mean... So we're gonna so rank episodes in so order. Go best, best worst to last. Or worst to no, best. Worst to best. And then give you like a numerical ranking for the overall show. I would probably have my I mean I would definitely have my worst is Party Thor. Mm-hmm. Then I would have the zombies. I'd say Killmonger is next, then Captain Carter. I actually appreciated Captain Carter a bit more. And I think there's a significant tier gap here. I think that it jumps up in enjoyment quite a bit. I would have um, the finale, then episode three. Episode 2, um, then Episode 8, What If Ultron 1, and then the Doctor Strange, which I think we're going to see a lot of. Yeah. Alexa? Uh, I'll go after. 
Um, so I I think the worst one was probably the zombies one I didn't like as much. Hundred percent. I would say second worst one uh, probably Party Thor, mm -hmm. and I would then then say Captain Carter just because I felt like there's nothing special from it, and then uh, it's a lot to think. I would probably say honestly the finale. I didn't like the finale as much. Really? I I thought it, I thought like obviously I thought all of the episodes were good. Like I didn't feel like I you know I they were really horrible and I was very disappointed. But I didn't. I didn't like the finale as much, and then I would. I would say maybe then next I like the the one with Hank Pym killing the Avengers. I thought that one was really good. Mm -hmm. I know I have a very unpopular opinion here, but and then I thought then the Star Lord one. Then I would say the Killmonger one. Then I would say uh, the one with Ultron, and then yeah, all right. that's all. And oh, and then uh, obviously Doctor Strange on top. Okay, I'm gonna go quickly. Um, so we go zombies, Thor. Then we go. Um, sorry, we go to Car Captain Carter. Then we go T'Challa. Then we go. Um, uh, the, 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 the Hank Pym, and then we go to uh, the finale. Then we go to Ultron. Then we go to Doctor Strange. Okay, I think for me, uh, zombies. Okay, I should cast a list. Alexei's a pull up a list here. Okay. Worst one, uh, 100% is Zombies, followed by the Hank Pym one, followed by Captain Carter, followed by uh, Killmonger. No, sorry. Hank Pym, followed by Killmonger, um, followed by Captain Carter, followed by Party Thor. Then we've got uh, T'Challa Star Lord. Uh, then what if Ultron won? Then what if the Watcher broke his oath? And finally, Doctor Strange Supreme, unequivocally the best one. Uh, overall rankings and closing thoughts. Same order. Patrick, start us off. Um, I think that this show turned from what seemed like it was going to be a nice novelty into something that really surprised me and seems like it could have lasting effects on the MCU as a whole. And I really appreciated how a, a lot of the uh, I've already said it too much, but a lot of the episodes tackled the what-if concept in a different way in terms yeah. of how the what-if played out. I think that was probably the most intriguing part to me. I really enjoyed it overall. Some episodes were duds, but I, I still think the show was good overall. Oliver? I thought I thought it was a good show. I definitely thought, thought that there was a few points in the show that weren't as good and that the show kind of folded over on its own logic a lot of times. But overall, I thought I definitely enjoyed it. Definitely for the nine weeks that it was on, I looked forward to it every Wednesday. Oh, I'm sorry, Patrick, uh, your score out of 10. Out of 10, I would give this a 7. All right. Yeah, I'd say probably about a 7.5 or anything. Alexa? Um, okay. I thought it was very... It definitely superseded my expectations. I expected this to be sort of a sort of throwaway show for Marvel. Um... I had very low expectations going into this, and I thought that some of the episodes really blew me away, like Doctor Strange, uh, the last two episodes. Um, and so I think that those actually bring up the show a lot, and so I give it 8.64. Oh, very exact. Okay. Um, I thought about this. Nerdy. Well, you know what, Patrick? I am nerd, so leave me alone. Yeah, I mean, Patrick, we've got a podcast talking about Marvel, DC, everything. That's extra nerdy. I don't care. 8.64. All right. Yeah. Uh, plugging a grade on my last math test. Um, I, I am, I, it's, it's a struggle because on the one hand, I'm just very disappointed overall by the fact that what if wasn't what I wanted it to be. 
But on the other hand, I can't hold that against the show because that's my own thing, not Marvel's fault. Uh, I agree with Alexei. The Doctor Strange episode alone brings it up so much because that episode was so good. And if that had been a feature film, I think it would be ranked among the highest MCU movies. Um, I love that. I think for me, overall, solid 8.3. Jesus, I don't want to be the lowest. But <laughs> I think we have different scales because I'm still very positive on this show. So, I guess, I, I, I guess if... if Similar to a lot of things we've talked about on the podcast so far, if Marvel doesn't address a lot of this stuff, if this is just a one-and-done thing, obviously that's a season two, but if this stays as its own isolated thing, I actually think it will go higher. I am getting a bit worried about how much they're actually making canon when not all of this needs to be. Like We'll, we'll talk about a lot of DC stuff, DC stuff obviously coming up, but thank God the Batman is not canon to the DCEU. And I think Marvel does need to take a lesson from Warner Brothers uh, and just recognize that not everything has to be part of everything else. But if they do it right... Well, I mean, if they look at what they do with Star Wars, they've completely, um, let's say, finagled it and yeah. made, like, so many branches, and we don't even know what is canon at this point. Yeah, they, they've not done um, they've not done the best job of that. So we see to see how it goes. So actually, I'll bring my score down a little bit. Fine. I'll bring it down to an 8. Um, and it very much depends on how Marvel plays things going forward. But guys... That is a wrap on our Excelsior What If episode. Uh, tune in next week. We're going to do, I believe, Injustice, potentially, or Shang-Chi. One of the two. It'll be a surprise for everybody. Uh, but guys, thank you so much for coming. Great to have Oliver and Patrick on. Hope to see you all soon. And good night, everybody.